Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Mindset Entrepreneur video podcast. And we're happy to have you. And I'm here with my guest today, Chris Devaney of Pinnacle Performance Improvement Worldwide. Excellent. Chris, very happy to have you here today. Thank you. Chris, you know, I got I to gotta ask. It's, it's just coming in my head now. I want to know, so when you were like 10, 11 years old and your parents came up to you and said, Son, what do you want to do when you grow older? Did you say, I know, I want to start Pinnacle Performance Improvement Worldwide? Is, what, did it go like that? No, Nothing not, like not that? quite. Not quite. Okay, okay. I, I, I think first I wanted to be a firefighter. Then at some point I thought when I was in a boys' course I wanted to be an orchestrator. I wanted to be a composer. Wow. Uh, yes. So. You could have made, by, as a composer, you could have made fighting fires a very melodious... You know, you could have consolidated both of those. Yes. It would have been good. Yes. So, Chris, but how, how did you, I mean, so much of what you do uh, in your organization is you're really helping people. And, you know, where did the passion for helping people, you know, make better decisions, strategy, organizational improvements, where did mm-hmm. the passion for doing that come from? Well, its origins actually started in my childhood. Grew up in Nutley, New Jersey. We had a side street called Oakcrest Place. There were about 20 of us kids who were all within ages five years apart. And we would play like kids. Softball, kickball, you know kids. Fights, arguments. I was always the peacemaker. I was always the one who intervened. And my mom was convinced I was going to go to work in the State Department. But then there was a big <laughs> there, there was great. a big change when I was in college. Yes. Now, before we go any further, Chris, it's a very important question. Uh, recently, we had Enrico Petroselli on the show and found out he was from New Jersey. And I had to just vet out. You weren't a Yankees fan growing up, were you? Correct. I was a Mets fan. Okay. Well, all right. But so, you come to your senses. Red Sox fans will have to forgive me, but come in 1986, oh, I became Chris. a Red Sox fan. Thanks for joining us today on the. Oh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, so, no, Chris, all kidding aside. So, actually, to me, that's a really cool story. You know, so you're a peacemaker as a kid because, to me, I think there are a lot of things as you're growing up that you see signs that mm-hmm. are going to show you, kind of lead you to what you ultimately do. Yes. So, the fact, so, and then I know you had talked to me before the show about an experience you had at Boston University, which I, I'd love for our audience to hear that. I thought it was very interesting. Thank you. Here I was, a sophomore in organizational behavior class with Dr. George Lapovitz, himself a practicing management consultant. He is teaching us these psychological concepts like cognitive dissonance, how people behave and how people behave in groups. He was so skilled as a presenter and as an instructor, in part because he was a practicing management consultant, he kept, I think it was close to 300 of us riveted wow. for the better part of three hours. Wow. I think people would only leave to take bathroom breaks. How about that? And uh, he, he just inspired me to want to do what he did. Wow. And you've had, you know, looking at your bio, Chris, you, you've accomplished so much. I mean, if you would share a little bit, you know, what are two or three of the accomplishments over the course of your career that you really take special pride in? Because the list is quite long. Well, thank you. That's very kind. I would say the first professional accomplishment was starting Pinnacle, which I did in 1994. And the second accomplishment, I think, followed about a year after that. In short, like many 
who are trying to grow a business, I reached a, a cathartic point. I was a year into it. I had three clients. All three clients renewed their agreements, but for fewer dollars and shorter terms. Hmm. And I said, you know what? I have to figure out how am I going to make this sustainable? And so I take great pride in the fact that I circled the wagons, consulted with a number of people I knew who were doing what I was doing and who had been in business much longer than I. And I asked each of them the same question. How did you get from point one to point two? And the consensus was you have to first circle back to the people who already know you and get referrals. And from that point on, people, people do business with me, with, with a management consultant, because of trust. And so all I had to do was to go back to people who already knew me and, and had worked with me, and I just asked them, tell me who else you know who could benefit from my services. And it's something I had learned a while back in business, but I'd forgotten. So, Chris, I want to go back to 1994 mm-hmm. because we're both passionate entrepreneurs, and I know you have a passion around supporting and helping other entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to your mindset at that moment. Here you are. You're going to start this business. Talk about the influences and support system around you at that time because mm. I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs. They'll say, oh, people tell me I can't do it and it's not going to work and so <laughs> on and so forth. So what was that like for you at that time to, uh, for your support influences? Well, my support network, my primary support network, I would say included three or four people. The first was my wife, um, who I went to at one point, and I said, you know, I'm stuck here. What, what do I do? You know, should I go look for a job you know, in the want ads? And she said, no, 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 you, you are... We're aging with the want ad reference, by right, the way. Right, I know. Just throwing that out there uh, well, to our audience. It was 1994. Just saying. 1994. <laughs> um, so, so don't do that. The second person was a wonderful person uh, named Darren LaCroix, who I knew through the local chapter of the National Speakers Association. And he said, go hear this guy, Alan Weiss, who wrote Million Dollar Consulting. And I went to listen to him, bought his book... And his book was extraordinarily helpful hmm. uh, to helping me understand how to grow a business. Wow. So I would say those two people, those three people, uh, because I've since interacted with, uh, with Alan Weiss and, and he's provided outstanding advice. So I know, I know your signature program is 90 Days to a High Performance Team. So mm-hmm. could, could you walk our audience through what are the three maybe primary components of that program? Maybe do it this way, if you would, Chris. Maybe sure. uh, what is an example of a problem or two a company might have where they would know that it's a good fit for them? Mm-hmm. Maybe some examples of some of the things you do in that program to solve the problem and perhaps a result or two you've had from companies who have gone through the program. Thank you. So in short, the concept of 90 Days to a High Performance Team came about because many clients were contacting me and saying, okay, we have a group of about 25 managers. We'll give you them for one day, maybe two days if you're lucky, and we just want you to teach them everything you know, especially about management and to a degree about leadership. So 
the, the driving force of 90 Days to a High Performance Team was to help managers understand what are the keys to managing effectively and along the way, what are the keys to leading effectively? So back to one of your questions about a problem. A consistent problem that managers have is I've just started to manage, but I was promoted because I was a great salesperson, so they made me sales manager. Or I was a great accountant, and they made me finance director. What do I need to know about managing? So I included that, you know, some keys in there for new managers to understand if we have been working as peers and now I become your manager, our relationship has changed and I need to learn that. I need to understand that. Also, if I'm managing, a key challenge is how do I communicate effectively with my team and bring and facilitate team cohesiveness? So those are some of the key issues that I help managers address in 90 days. Do you find that um, the, the barriers that companies are going to consider using your services, what, what are maybe some of the barriers or maybe misconceptions they might have that stand in the way of them doing it? Thank you. Two key barriers. One is uh, a number of people have had a bad experience with a consulting firm or a practicing management consultant along the lines of that firm or that consultant was trying to, let's just say, hang around way too long, um, where the client is looking for help with one problem and the consultant is trying to create other problems that may or may not exist to validate their being around for 6, 12, 18 months, 2, 3 years. The other challenge that some people have despite the name of our firm, Pinnacle Performance Improvement Worldwide, the reality is I'm the founder and president. So from a practical standpoint, I hire people on contract as clients want. So sometimes there's this perception, oh wait, he's like, he's a one-man shop, you know. I mean, how helpful is he going to be in the long term? So I'd say those are the two key barriers that we have to overcome. So, you know, Chris, I I know one thing you talk about as one of your differentiators, which I think is so critical, is you talk about providing value that outlives you. Yes. And and I know, you know, with consultants, there's that perception that they have their own agenda and they're going to hang around and so on and so forth. So how, how do you do that? What is the approach to create that legacy piece for yourself? Thank you. It starts with asking questions. And it it builds on that by asking the right questions and getting to the crux of what are the real wants and needs of this particular individual, this group of people, these executives, these managers, this team. What are their true needs? And by identifying the true needs that exist, often we discover or we help the client discover a deeper, broader need. For example, I'll get a call sometimes, well, we we need help. We need you to come in and teach our people about sexual harassment. And that's an important problem that needs addressing with some instruction. And yet, by asking the client, what prompted this? Was there an incident? 
And also, furthermore, what is the extent of your management training? And it's not so much about identifying a new problem and providing a solution. It's about getting the client to think a little bit broader and a little bit deeper about how is this organization constructed so it can grow in the long term. And so part of what we will often help clients do is understand how can we grow this business for years and years to come? How can we identify new growth opportunities? And so in an engagement, my firm and I, we will look to help people with those problems in a way that equips them with the skills and the knowledge that they need to make the organization sustainable and to keep growing long beyond when we have interacted with them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A uh, couple last questions, Chris. First, you know, talk about probably the most meaningful lesson you've learned over your last 25 years of running this business and, uh, and how it shaped perhaps decisions you make today. Mm. Biggest lesson I've learned is stay in regular touch with people. Don't assume that once an interaction is complete that they don't want to hear from you or they don't benefit from hearing from you. And so I give my colleagues, Harvey Simkovitz and Izzy Gazelle, all the credit for this. Here's what Say I Say mean. those names ten times fast. Harvey Simkovitz, Izzy Gazelle. Wow. So, Harvey Simkovitz shared with me in 1996 a wonderful three-page publication called Making Learning Stick. And it helps managers understand what is it I can do, and it also helps the manager's manager understand, okay, if this firm has come in and provided some instruction about how to manage effectively, how to communicate effectively, what is it I can do as this person's manager to help them create lasting value? The other, I mentioned Izzy Gazelle, love this man. He shared with me one day, it's a one piece um, called Articles. And it's a list of articles that I have written. And he said, you, what you want to do is you want to start sharing this with people whenever you give a presentation, whenever you teach, because they're all free. And they are. And this helps create in people's presence the lasting value that you're mm. trying to share. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and he said, also, you want to send out a weekly email newsletter. So I will always have those two individuals Love it. Uh, to thank. Love it. Chris Devaney, Pinnacle Performance Improvement Worldwide. Correct. I'm going to keep saying it. When I go to bed tonight, Chris, I'm going to say it. No, Love Chris, it. thank you so much for joining us. We loved having you on the show today. appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Yep. My pleasure. And thank you, audience, for being here for another edition of the Mindset Entrepreneur Video Podcast. Special thanks to the great work the video company does to produce this. And otherwise, we hope you have a wonderful week.